Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. I decided to speak on this topic before I went away as I'd felt that we'd done a book of the Bible and uh, we'd gone through five weeks of it. I think it was helpful. People seemed to think so and it was good for us to do Bible teaching. But this morning is a bit more of building your faith and inspiring you, I hope. And uh, many of you don't know that I have a personal mission statement. The church has one. Um, And uh, we have individually mission statements. And my personal mission statement is simply this. To preach and teach so as to inspire faith and breakthrough. If every time I preach and teach, your faith is increased, that's my goal. If every time I preach or teach, you have a breakthrough in your thinking about the Bible, about the world, about the kingdom, then that's my goal. I don't just want to come and give information. I want to give impartation, and I want you to experience something more. Your mindset needs to change. Your heart needs to change. And so I want to do that today. I want to preach and teach so as to inspire faith. And I believe many will have a breakthrough. As I begin this morning, Martin Seligman is a professor of psychology at a University of Pennsylvania, he did some research at one of the major insurance companies in America, and he found that the salespeople, listen to this carefully, the salespeople who expected to succeed sold 37% more insurance than those who didn't. Expectation is a very powerful thing. Even if you're not a Christian and you live with expectation, it'll take your life and your gift to the next level. How much more with God? In fact, business leaders are talking about this over the years. And Brian Tracy, who is an excellent business coach, wrote a book called Maximum Achievement. And he made this statement. He said, positive expectations are the mark of the superior personality. People who have positive expectations about the future, about their lives, about their country, about their homes, their marriages, their, their, their challenges, they are superior people. How many of you know we are living in the kingdom? We should be superior people who trust God and have got positive expectations. But I've noticed that most people's expectations are low, and that's why we drag our feet. We are, we're like inching into the future instead of rushing into it full of faith and full of confidence. G.K. Chesterton, the reputed author and respected author, he said, there's one thing that gives radiance to everything. It is the idea of something just around the corner. Your life will radiate when you believe there's something better ahead. But most people don't. And we're not living in what I call the power of expectation. Today I want to speak to you about the power of expectation. When you begin to expect something better, when you begin to look into the future, you change the way you view life and your world because you're living under God. You will be energized, you'll be rebuilding, and you'll see something special in your life. Expectation is a powerful thing, and it's a cousin of faith. You know my cousin Vinny? Expectation's a cousin of faith. You can't have faith and not have the cousin expectation. The two hang out together. They family. 
And today we mustn't just have a dead belief or something that's stored away in a suitcase in our heads. We need active expectation. Can you say amen? And I believe a lot of people have faced disappointments, loss, challenges. You know, you know during COVID, our expectation was dulled. You know, what did we expect? They told us we needed to go into lockdown. But no sooner were we in lockdown that they told us there's a second wave. Then they told us while the second wave was on, you need to expect a third wave. But that wasn't good enough. They told us to expect a fourth wave. And then they even came up with the fact that there would be a fifth wave. And now they're telling us to expect another pandemic next year. Talk about negative expectation. So what has happened to us is like we're paralyzed. Now it's time for us to go, I don't care what you say. I'm expecting the best from God. Amen. And can I say this this morning? Some of you have seen interest rates rise. You know why you're shocked by it? You're still young. You know nothing. It happens all the time. It goes up and it goes down. And then it goes up and it goes down. Talk to me. I'm the younger of the two of us. I've seen over my many, many years how interest rates go up and down. And what I don't know is, it's going up. I go, I'm going to trust God anyway. Come on. We are fed negativity from morning till night. It's no wonder our expectation is dulled and we believe for little of the favor of God, we're expecting the next lot of bad news. We will get the power right in South Africa. It just takes a bit of time. And some people need to be locked up. Can you say amen? <laughs> the psalmist says this in Psalm 5 and verse 3. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. Then he says, and wait expectantly. Don't just pray. Oh, you never know what God will do. You pray and then you say, no, I'm waiting. It's not tomorrow. Oh, it must be Wednesday. Maybe it's Thursday. Maybe it's Sunday. Maybe it'll be next month. But it's coming. But a lot of us, we pray, you never know what God will do. In fact, I wonder if he's awake at the moment. No, you need to pray with expectation and expect an answer. In Psalm 62 and verse 5, my soul, says the psalmist, wait thou upon God, for my expectation is from him. Do you know what a lot of our waiting is? It's like dead, passionless, passive. I'm waiting on God. As if God's suddenly going to come, ha! No, you've got to, you know, when you have expectation, it changes your posture. There's a whole, there's something about you that's, yep, he, he, he will. Some of you, you're praying. It's, you, don't pray because you're making the person who's next to you negative. Oh God, we pray for our country. We are in such a mess, Lord. Who knows what will happen next? Lord, it's ESCOM, it's load shedding. And then, Lord, my wife and my husband, my children, oh God, the crime in our area. Lord, the house next door got broken into an Auntie Gertie's place. They stole the TV. The person with you is going, hey, amen, amen, amen. No, they're not. They're like in a passive. We need to pray prayers of faith and we need to have an expectation but our expectation's been dulled. There's power in expectation. Listen to this. Another verse here, Psalm 34 and verse 10, and I'll do a bit of an introduction. Then I'll give you some keys to stir you concerning expectation. But stay with me here. Psalm 34 verse 10, notice this. The lions, you all know what a lion is. We live in Africa. The lions may grow weak and hungry, 
But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Do you know what a lion does every day? It wakes up and as soon as it's awake, it takes that tongue and it drags it. And then it looks for food. You know what the Bible says? They, with their expectation, will go hungry, but we won't. Incredible. So as we wake up in the morning, we need to lick our lips, have a coffee or a tea or whatever you prefer. If you're organic, a water, and then when you go out and expect, this is going to be the day that the Lord hath made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. <laughs> expectation in prayer, expectation as we wake up, and our expectation must be from God, not from the world. Too many people think that the political system or some unsafe person is going to be their source. The Lord is your source. Don't expect from the wrong source. Let me remind you of the prodigal son in Luke 15. He leaves his father's house and he goes and searches for meaning, purpose, blessing and wealth in the world. And guess what happens to him? Ends up with the pigs. And too many people leave the father's house, not because there's anything wrong with the father's house, because they start to put their faith and their hope in the wrong thing. They expect from the world, well, I can't find a husband or a wife in a church, and I'm going to this party. Do you know there's nothing wrong with the father? The father was incredibly generous. In fact, I don't know if you know anyone who gives their children half their inheritance before the time. If my son came to me and said, Dad, I'd like my inheritance, I'd say, is it not good enough that I'm still living? Do you want can't you wait until I'm dead? The father was generous, and then he waited for his son to come back. But the son, nonetheless, had to discover that the world could not be expected to deliver good things. The world would only deliver hurt and disappointment. And too many of us have put our hope in political systems, in world systems. We're looking at the wrong thing. We need to look at God and say, we expect everything from you and nothing from anyone else. Can you say amen? Now, what has happened to us is that we have lost our expectation. And I spoke about this in January 2021. Some of you may remember, but I want to remind you today. It's not because I don't have content. I just want to remind you because I think there are three attitudes that we can live with. And I think a lot of people live with the first two as a result of what we've been through. The first attitude, and I want you to gauge yourself today because I think a lot of people in the room, the first two would apply to. And that's not to condemn you. I, I see it as a fact. I experience it. The first attitude is something called apathy. People as a result of COVID are now in apathy. They are immobilized. They've got no energy. They're not motivated. They're almost lazy in a sense. And they're indifferent because of what's happened to us. The hurt, the loss, the disappointment of what we've been through is now we are like, and we're waiting for the next bad thing. Because if we stir ourselves you never know, hey? Some people say, it's best not to expect anything because then you won't be disappointed. No, we need to stay expectation. And I don't want to be in a place of apathy. And I don't think you should be either. A.B. Simpson, the Canadian pastor and missionary, he said, our God has boundless resources. The only limit is in us. Our asking, our thinking, our praying are too small. Our expectations are too limited. So God's got blessing, but because we have no expectation, we don't receive it. So our apathy just becomes worse and worse and worse. And we believe, but we do nothing. And we expect nothing. Wait, it gets worse. The second one is just as bad, but a lot of people in the world are experiencing this. So Jesus said they would. Apprehension. Apprehension is not apathetic. Apprehension's got an emotion, but it's fear. 
It's concern. Something bad is around the corner. It's a negative expectation. This country is going to the dogs. The power utilities is breaking down. The crime is increasing. And we see all the reality and fear comes into our hearts. And we start to feel apprehension, uncertainty. This is the statement or the confession of someone with apprehension. You never know. Amen? And we've got to be careful of that. Jesus said in Luke 21, people will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. And you know what? When you're apprehensive, there's, you're not apathetic because apathetic people have got no emotion. Apprehensive is fear, concern all the time. And I've been there. During COVID, I found myself in a place of both apathy and apprehension. I had to jerk a slack out of myself. And I had to continually do it because it creeps up on you. You put your circumstances between you and God. There's God, here's you. You put your circumstances so that you can't see him. I love what uh, F.B. Meyer said. He was a British author and preacher. He said, unbelief puts our circumstances between us and God. Faith puts God between us and our circumstances. I mean, you can relate to this. You know, you, you can never get better unless you recognize where you are. And I've had to be brutally honest with myself as a leader that these things have affected me more deeply than I even understand. And going away has even given me a greater perspective of where we've been. We've got to jerk ourselves out of this. And God wants to do it. But the third thing here, the third attitude is one of expectation. So not apathy, not apprehension, expectation. And where are we? We've got to assess ourselves. Many are living in the first two because of COVID, but we need, must cultivate expectation again. Psalm 74, David says this, and I want you to remember David. He says, I will keep on expecting you to help me. I will praise you more and more. I, I cannot count the times where you have faithfully rescued me from danger. I will tell everyone how good you are, and of your constant daily care, I walk in the strength of the Lord God. I tell everyone that you alone are just and good. This is the David, by the way, that wasn't perfect. Because in Psalm 51, before this, we read about David confessing his sin. And what did David do? He didn't just take another man's wife, he took another man's life. Has anyone killed anyone in the room? Maybe it's not the time to ask for your hand. <laughs> See, sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves that, oh, well, you know, there's no point praying because I've done this, you know, and I've thought that and I said that, you know, and you know, I'm, 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 stop it. If David could confess this after he had failed, so God doesn't just bless good people because there aren't any. Everyone has sin and failure and weakness. You need to, despite that, expect God's goodness. That's why Jesus came. And we've got to live in expectation. And the greater your expectation, the greater your accomplishments. I was reading about this uh, great missionary, and many people don't know about him anymore, William Carey. He was a missionary to India in the time when there was very little exposure to the gospel. But he was a man of great expectations. And he traveled there in 1800, and the first convert, a man called Krishnapal, was converted, and that man, can you believe it, the first convert in India becomes an evangelist. Talk about the trigger. But he went there expecting God to do something incredible. Well, the very first convert becomes an evangelist. And then about 21 years later, they measured and they found they had 1,407 converts, people serving God in a country that knew nothing. 
And he expected God to work. He translated the Bible into Bengali and into other dialects. And then he campaigned, Christian campaigning. And I spoke about what the church has done in the world just recently. He campaigned for widows not to be burnt with their husbands on their funeral pyres. Because in India, it was a custom. Women were of no value. And when their husbands died, they burnt their bodies. And the wife was instructed to climb on them and be burnt. Because what good are you without your husband? Talk about low value. The church has elevated women. He expected that when he went there, he would preach. There would be change. There would be breakthrough. There would be social change. And he preached for it. And this is what he says. He says, ask great things of God. Expect great things from God. You see, when your expectation is high, you will accomplish great things. So let me give you five points this morning on expectation that will stir you and hopefully build your faith. Number one is our expectations become our reality. What you expect will become real in your life, whether you expect good or expect bad. God will honor what you expect. If you expect nothing from God, he'll give you nothing. Say, gosh, is that true? Yep. Remember the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, if you're making notes? The Lord gave one person five talents of gold, another one two talents of gold, and another one talent of gold. You remember that? Well, the man who had five doubled it because he expected to. He went out without any instructions. God didn't say, do this, do that, put it on the stock market, go and invest it here, don't buy that, build this. He, he didn't give it. He just said, go out and expect me to bless you. And he went out and he had a go. He doubled it. Next man, he had two, he doubled it. But the man who had one buried it in the ground because he said this. He said, when the Lord came and said, where's, where's the talent I gave you? He said, I buried it in the ground because I knew you to be a hard man and I knew that you would want to reap where you had not sown. In other words, I expected negative response from you. I expected you to be harsh. I didn't expect you to be blessed. I expected you to demand of me. And so what I did is I just buried it. So what the Lord says, take from him the little that he's got and give it to the guy who's got five talents. Because what you don't use, you lose. So when you live with no expectation, your life doesn't just stay on a plane. It gets worse and worse and worse because it keeps getting subtracted. And by the way, this, this is the way I, we, we are in the kingdom of God. Can I remind you of that? We live by the king of kings and the kingdom, even though we're in a country. We are in the world, but not of the world. So this is what people do. They see someone with five talents, and they get five talents more. Inequality. There's such a disparity between the one and the ten, you know. The ten, the ten needs to give one to the one. The Lord says, no, take the one from the one and give it to the ten. Kingdom. And we talk about inequality, and we decry people that progress. Greed, capitalism, instead of realizing that what you use and what you expect from God is the way you're supposed to live. You see, your expectations become your reality. It's not the country's fault. It's not history's fault. It's your fault. You are alive right now, and you can change at any moment. The Bible says you're not a tree. The Bible says where the tree falls, there it lies. You're not a tree. You can get up, and you can move, and you can change anything, anytime. You've got to have expectation. Are you with me? And when you've got a faulty view of who God is, and you've got a faulty view of life, and you have no expectation from God, God's going to punish me, He's going to hurt me, He doesn't want to bless me, you will receive nothing because your expectations become your reality. I do believe that South Africa is still a place of incredible opportunities for, wait, wait, don't clap yet. You can clap afterwards, maybe you'll change your mind. 
I believe that South Africa has still got the incredible opportunities. It's a country of opportunity for previously disadvantaged people. We don't need more laws and more things. We just need a change of attitude. You know what I think the problem in our country is, if I can say it, because from a biblical point of view, I think I can, is we expect too much from the government and too little from God. So we keep on expecting from people who can't give it to us instead of expecting from God who can. Your expectations become your reality. I thought you might not clap as much. See, Jesse DePlantis says this. He says in his book, I Never Learned to Doubt, anybody can live a boring, faithless, low-expectation life. But God has called you to be braver than that. Always remember that as a believer, you will do more and have more from God if you first believe more. Expect more. If you believe less, then you'll do and have less too. Our expectations become our reality. Number two, the second thing this morning is expectation releases the blessing and power of God. When you expect it, God's blessing and power is released. God shows up when there is expectation. Did you know that? You want to know why there's no anointing in a meeting sometimes? We didn't expect it. We all rolled in. Now we've got a guest speaker, Pastor Diego. Looks like a strange oak. I've never heard him. No, you need to come going, Pastor Andre and Lilba brought this guy from America. It's expensive to come from America. I wonder why they brought him just for the weekend. I didn't bring him because we have a, need a holiday. We just had a holiday. We brought him because you need what different people in the world have got. But if you don't have expectation, God won't show up. Let me explain it to you like this. How many of you know that there were 400 years between Malachi and Matthew? By the time the gospel of Matthew starts, we, in fact, Luke, you read about John the Baptist. And guess what it says in Luke chapter 3? The people were in expectation because they thought John was the Messiah. They had waited so long. They had said, when's he coming? When's he coming? We've been reading. We've been waiting. Here's the circle. Must be him. He's got locust guts on his face. He's got fur. It must be the Messiah because we are desperate. He said, no, 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 no. It's not me. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. He's coming after me. Because the expectation, you see, when there's expectation, God shows up. Since John the Baptist, Simeon is there in the temple, Anna's in the temple. Simeon says, now that I've seen the Messiah, when, he, when, the, when the parents dedicated Jesus, he's like, now I can go to heaven. I've been waiting for this. Anna prophesies, there was a whole expectation. And when there's expectation in your life, God shows up. You want to know why God isn't in your life? You don't see, oh, where's the Lord? You don't have expectation. You're living in apathy or apprehension, but not expectation. You've got to cultivate it. Can I say, or can you say, can we say, amen? You see, like I said, expectation and faith are cousins. Notice in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that he exists. That's faith. There is a God, but watch. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So you believe he is, and then with expectation, you believe he does. Say it with me. He is, he does. He is, he rewards. Do you believe it? A lot of people believe he is. You never know if you're going to get anything. Eh? If you've been bad, you've been naughty, you swore, you, you swore in the traffic. Oh, 
don't you dare. You, you see, your expectation will be dulled at every turn. You see, the devil wants to dull your expectation because he knows what's in your future. We've got to believe that God is and that God does. And when we do, we see a breakthrough. Now, how many of you remember the story? Many of you wouldn't, but some of you, some of you wouldn't, but many of you would. The story of the lame man in the book of Acts chapter 3. And I want to read it to you because it's interesting what happened here. We're talking about faith and we're talking about blessing and power of God being released. Understand how it works. Acts chapter 3 and reading from verse 2, it says, And a lame man from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Notice here before we read on, every single day this routine was followed out or played out, the same old, same old get by life. Here I am, here I sit, I can't do anything. Just put my hand out. Maybe someone will give me something, feel sorry for me. Do you know a lot of people live their lives like that? I want you to notice what happened here. And it says here, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. See, they didn't just pray for him or give him something. They said, look at us. And when he looked, there wasn't just a handout. Apathy. Ah, uh, they probably won't give. Look at their shoes, rich people. <laughs> How many of you have had poor people resent you because of your accomplishments? It's not a good thing. It make you feel guilty for you doing something with your life. And it's an apathy. And they say, look at us. What do you expect? And then it goes on to say here, he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And he went into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. Here's an interesting thing. He asked for arms, but he got legs. Some of you got it. He asked for alms, but he got more. He asked for something, but he got everything. Expectation doesn't just bring something into your life. It can bring everything into your life. This man had no social life. He had no money and no clothing, no interaction. Someone had to carry him. Now suddenly he's on his feet. He's mobile. He can move around. He can earn. He can explore. God always gives you more than you expect. But you've got to have expectation. And he asked for something, but he got everything. He asked to be helped, but he got enabled. And when you have expectation, God will exceed your expectations. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you know that God's done more for us than we ever expected? When we came to that little building next door and took over that church with 70 people, who told us we're in Santon, what that meant was keep it white. Uh, you, you know where you are, Pastor Andre. This is not Fishhook. Yes, I do. There's no sea here. <laughs> I think those people hate me. They still hate me. They need to be healed because of the things I said to them. Because that's like he doesn't get it. He comes to Santon, but he's not educated. Well, God gave me wisdom that wasn't of this world. Anyway. I expected when we were here a couple of months, I thought we will build a multiracial church and maybe God, we, you know, I think we should expect God to give us, I think over a couple of years, maybe we could grow a church of a thousand people. 
Do you know before COVID on our five campuses, we used to have 14 to 15,000 every weekend in church, in church with children. Now it's diminished because some of you at home don't come. <laughs> but God has exceeded our expectations. Do you know that this building is paid for? We're able now to plan to redo the zone. The zone's coming down. We're going to build a new building. Do you expect it to be grand? Do you expect it to be good to serve your children, your babies, your youth? Wait till we build it. It's going to be amazing. We're building in addition to the offices because we're short of offices. God has given us more staff. How many staff do we have? I've lost track. Can anyone tell me? 155. And you managed to pay them all. Can we just go back to the offering this morning? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? We hoped at one time that we'd get a loyal secretary and maybe we'd get a children's pastor and maybe someone to help us with the work of God and a youth pastor. It was a dream. But what we expected and prayed for and waited for, not with apathy or apprehension, God did and he did beyond. Your expectation will release the power of God. You need to know that and you need to operate it. Because if you don't have expectation, you don't believe, you won't receive, and you won't achieve. Number three, is this helping anyone? True expectation is accompanied by confession. You've got to say what you believe. You've got to declare it. Matthew chapter 9, we don't have time to read it. You all know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. She'd been bleeding for 12 years and she crept along the ground and took hold of Jesus' garment. But what we often overlook is it says there, as she did, she said to herself, if I but touch his garment, I will be made well. She didn't just believe, she declared it. You will say, well, what do I need to do? Do I need to now walk around saying, I believe, I'm getting a new BMW, it's mine. No, no, you know where this starts. Now listen, this is very important. You know where this starts. It starts when you come into the meeting with praise and worship. You're starting to declare who he is on these words and what he does, and you're lining up with the kingdom rather than with your feelings. Because you've just come out of the world, you've just read the newspaper, you've had a tough week, maybe you've lost, maybe the interest rate went up and you're discouraged by that, but now you come in and you line up your confession with, I'm expecting because uh, he won't fail, he won't. Some people, he won't fail. He won't fail. He might. No, no. Believe God. Believe God. It's got to be accompanied by confession. Can't just be head. If it's in your head, it's like a dead faith. Faith and expectation are cousins. I told you. You've got to have your cousin Vinny along for the ride. You've got to believe God. And when you are praying, when you are worshiping, you're bringing your confession in line with what God says and who God is. Number four, expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. I believe we don't see miracles anymore because we don't expect them. Do you expect miracles? You need to expect miracles. Miracles are rare. We can't bring them on tap. You know, we can't have a sign up outside miracle signs and wonders. But it is part of the Christian life. Listen to me, Jesus is a miracle, and Jesus did miracles. Do you know that Jesus' birth was a miracle? So was his resurrection. So he is a miracle, and he did miracles, and he does miracles. And too many people say this, yeah, you know, miracles ended with the 12. No, they didn't. Because when you read the Bible, you find Philip doing miracles in the book of Acts. 
So it hasn't ended apparently because a deacon was doing miracles. So we need to believe, but if there's no expectation, anyone need healing? Yeah, well, I'll take my pills. <laughs> Got my discovery medical aid. So have we, but we first always go to God. We've got a brilliant doctor, first go to God. Amen? Remember when Jesus healed the lepers? You know what he said? Go show yourself to the priest. You know, the priest was like a doctor. He used to analyze your skin. Leviticus used to look to see if there were red spots. You can read all about it in Leviticus. The doctor was involved. It didn't exclude. But first thing was you expect from Jesus. And if you want to have miracles in your life, you need to have very high expectations. And this is what the Bible says in the book of John, John chapter 20. Jesus' disciples saw him do many other miracles besides the ones told about in this book. But they are recorded, sorry, but these are recorded so that you will believe that he's the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing in him, you will have life. Can you see? It's not just so that you might believe in him. No, you believe in him. Like Hebrews says, but then you believe he can do something for you. He can give life. He can change your situation. Break your addiction. Change your marriage. Restore your business. Give you financial blessing. You believe. And we constantly have to expect good things in our lives. Do you know, we talk about expectation releasing and the breeding ground for miracles. Do you know that Jesus could not do miracles in his own hometown because the people didn't expect him to be able to? Mark chapter 6, you can write it down, look it up in your own time. It says he went into his own hometown, and they said, isn't this Joseph's boy? The oak who was in the hood? Jay? He says he could there do no miracles. Not he would not do miracles. He could not because they had a low value and a low expectation because he was born there. A prophet is without honor in his own time. When you don't expect, when you don't expect God to do anything, when you come to Rivers Church, and you know, who's this Cape Town Oak who runs the church? I said, check him out. You won't receive. You've you got to come going, God can use anybody. God will speak to me. It's the breeding ground for miracles. Number five, are you still good? I'm nearly done. Our level of expectation determines our level of action. When you expect, that's when you act. Hmm? And your efforts and your actions and your work. The man with one talent of gold never expected anything. He only expected trouble. As a result, he did nothing with it. I have huge respect. Listen to me this morning. I have huge respect for people who start and run businesses even if they fail. Because they're having a go, expecting from God, believing God, instead of passively standing around complaining and trusting government to do something. And I think God honors that. You'll never do anything unless you expect something. We went to Belito and planted a church. You say, did you have a connect group done there? No, we didn't. We just went there fully expecting that there's a huge population and God can use us. Today we have a church and a building. And the same in Durban North, same in Kyle Army. Expectation will bring action and will cause you to move. You know, you know when you stop doing things in your life is when you don't expect. I told this story some time back and I'm nearly done here. I want to make this point today because it's very important. John Maxwell talks about the time in America when there was a project to bring a dam into an area. There was a valley, had a town in it. There were a number of farms on the hills. 
But the government designated that this was the best place to build a hydroelectric dam to generate electricity and to provide water. They bought the farms and they bought up the entire village. And he says, and the most amazing thing happened. When they paid those people out for all those buildings and for those farms, from the time they waited until the time, you know, they had to move out, they never fixed a single thing. All the roads had holes in them, all the buildings, windows were broken, the paint was peeling off. Everything was left because there was no expectation of the future. And he makes the statement, and I've said this many times in this church, but I'll read it to you today. He says, where there's no hope in the future, there's no power in the present. Your life will have no energy, no power, and no vuma unless you're expecting something. The minute you expect nothing, you just get into apathy and apprehension and decay. And I think that we need the power of expectation to be revived. Right here, today, we as believers cannot just believe, we need to start expecting. The cousins need to get together and believe for breakthrough. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.